Hey everybody, I hope if you're watching this going deeper session, it is only, you know, it's kind of that part, it's the second part of the three services I just did uh, today about are you conformed to this world or are you transformed? And so I want to dive a little bit deeper and I might even give you some work to do on your own that I think because if you're excited about this message, I sure am. As I was preaching it, I just felt God speaking to me about me and uh, keeping myself in this transformational place of continuing to grow that should never stop. In fact, I believe that if people don't do this on a regular basis, um, that you're not going to go into the next season that God has for you. I want to just take a moment now and just say thank you to Casey Treat, a friend of mine, uh, whose entire life, this topic has been one of his, his pet messages, the renewing of the mind. And so much of my outline is from him. When someone spends their whole life on a topic, they just put stuff together so well that uh, as you get their outlines and stuff, you can fill it full of your own stuff, but the outlines. And so, Casey, thank you. You, you just are amazing. And if you want to go deeper in this, any of Casey Treat's stuff on renewing the mind and the orphan's heart and different things would be just a stunning study that you could just keep yourself growing in this. But I'm going to take some more of the outlines that, that I literally got from him and, and just talk on them. I mean, we were talking today about the renewing of the mind. Now, one of the things I want to mention quickly is that there is this, these kind of two thoughts that I touched on. One is that every time you see the word flesh um, in, that new, in the New Testament, that the NIV and uh, others, I think they've changed some of it, they would, they would switch that to nature as though you had two natures, the nature of God and then your old nature, and that your old nature and the nature of God are fighting. <clears throat> and some very mature and astute scholars in the Word buy into that. But it's wrong. It is so wrong. Because to believe that uh, is to then believe that your spirit man, where Jesus is, is not who you are. Then you are your emotions. You are your desires. And so the word flesh there, I think it's sarks. I haven't looked this up, but uh, it's not the same Greek word for nature. And it just means that this fleshy side of you. I mean, God designed your body with desires. And then with that selfishness we all tend to be, you kind of put those together. And I haven't got time to unpack the word flesh other than to know this, that as you renew your mind, there is nothing, nothing that will stand in your way. Because with the Spirit of God in your spirit man, it is this renewing of the mind. Now, I've taught a lot on the heart, and this blends beautifully, because the heart seems to be um, the spirit and the soul coming together. And so heart, it just refers to both. It's kind of the center of your being where spirit and soul meet. And that's where I would call heart. So to start the renewing of the mind process, if you don't deal with your mind, you're never touching your heart, uh, this deeper part uh, of you. And so now renewing the mind, it really is taking off the old carnal thoughts, the old selfish thoughts, the old thinking about how you get ahead, you know, by looking after yourself. And it's 
putting those off and then putting on new thoughts. I think this area, um, I'll just call it put off, put on, is an area that so few people recognize that you must recognize what you need to put off. Are you being selfish? Are you being self-centered? Are you being angry? Are you being envious? Um, Are you just being stubborn? Listen, recognize these things and just say to God, I send that stubbornness away and I accept your teaching. If you want to put off and put on, and I'll find you some verses in Ephesians 4 on that, that if you really want to know where I became the most effective as I continue to work on my transformational life moving and and growing and becoming, it was put off. And so in my meditation time, God's word would rise up inside of me and spirit of God would, as the word came to me, I'd realize that, oh, it's actually, I'm being fearful in this. Didn't realize I was being fearful about that or, oh, I'm being selfish or, oh, I'm I'm not letting that person be who they are. I'm trying to be controlling. And it's amazing as truth rises up within you that you begin to recognize these fleshly, this old thinking that you can revert to because much of life is to manipulate. Um, To get what we want in life, it's usually manipulation. Marriage is huge manipulation. People just learn that if I want the love I want, the attention I want, if I want what I want, I've got to manipulate. And how do I manipulate? And people can, you know, I'll do this if you do that. Silent treatment, argument, angry, trying to explain why I'm doing more than you. I mean, the stuff that goes on in marriage, it's all about manipulation. And it's hard. Uh, no, it's not hard. I mean, if it was very hard if you do not renew your mind because that's one of the hardest relationships. It's an impossible relationship to do without renewing your mind to this new covenant, this new you. And so put off every day, be putting off the old and putting on the new. The only way that works is to really get into God's word. And so in Ephesians uh, 4, 20 to 24, it says, but you have not so learned Christ. Did you know that not only do you have to accept Christ, you have to learn Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former life this old you, and it says, which is corrupt, and it's according to your deceitful lusts. Everything you think is true that isn't, you've been deceived to think that way. And and, and I don't have time today, but to recognize that Satan has blinded the minds of people. There's areas I have been blinded to that God is still going to set me free as I grow in leadership and move on to everything and season that he's got for me. And so if Satan has blinded the minds of the, those who don't accept Christ, that's one thing. But the word keeps coming in to remove the blinds, the beliefs, the things that you've spent a lifetime developing. The word is transformational. The word is aha moments if you'll get into it because Holy Spirit begins to teach you. And then it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then it says, put on the new man. So put on something new. Put on, uh, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with a situation like I'm putting off selfishness 
And then say, Holy Spirit, I send selfishness away and I want your love, Father. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5. Speak that every day. And then God, Holy Spirit, begins to help you to, to literally walk in love with this person. That doesn't mean be, that people walk over you. You know, people say, well, that's tough love. No, love is tough. Love is strong. But it's still your motive. You know, you speak truth in love. Uh, you know, you, you recognize, you know, some of you are, have been raised, like a lot of us have been, to be like you're kind, like you're this little fluffy Jesus. Just walk in love with everybody. You think walking in love is putting up with everything. You think walking in love is, is okay. But no way. People around you in relationships, they have to have boundaries that you set as to how they treat you and manipulate you, etc. But you do it in love. And so... There's just so much beautiful doctrine and thing that'll, things that will help you packed into here. Now, you've got to believe that change is a positive part of your life. It's not something you avoid. People who are locked down into anger and irritation and they can't be wrong. They're afraid to be wrong. They're afraid that if people think they're wrong, that it devalues them. It's amazing all the beliefs the enemy puts into people. But it's a positive thing. To change reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You must, the Bible says a wise man loves it when he's rebuked. What? This is a really crucial issue. As you begin to study God's word, don't just try to get smarter. That's a major mistake. You'll get proud. Let the word of God just come to you. And then you'll begin to sense and know what to put off. Truth all truth confronts error. All error within you is going to hurt you and it's going to kill something in your life. Those of you who are watching me, maybe who haven't even really realized the severity of this, if you do not renew your mind, there is something about wrong beliefs that are going to destroy areas of your life. There are marriages destroyed today because people wouldn't renew their minds. There's people who die because they did not, did not renew their minds into the Word of God on healing or dealing with, you know, the Bible says very clearly, 3 John 2, I wish above all things you prosper and be in health, but it's going to be as your soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? You renew your mind. You renew the Word of God. And you renew your mind with the Word of God and it changes your emotions. It changes your will. It changes how you reason things out. It's a stunning thing. The Word of God. Even when you look at the armor of God in Ephesians 6 and you recognize that you must renew your mind into what is truth, what is righteousness, what is salvation. And that to renew your mind in these teachings is to wear the armor. The same armor that Jesus wore. And, and so this is crucial. Um, some of the other thoughts that, that I was going to share, and I'll just share fast. I'll just blast them into the screen. Um, your soul is your mind your emotions, and your will. Until your, your mind, your emotions, and your will prosper, your life won't prosper. That's what we're saying here. Until your emotions, your will, some of you are so stubborn, you think it's a godly trait. This is, I'm, you know, I'm stubborn. Don't be proud of being stubborn, it kills you. The Bible teaches us that stubbornness is like the sin of witchcraft. 
It gives the devil an opportunity in your life when you stubbornly cling to wrong beliefs. And so your emotions and your will and your mind, they must prosper first. Because if they don't, nothing else will prosper in your life. By your mind, I'm, I'm, I'm meaning things like your reasoning, your thinking. When I talk about your emotions, you know, I, there, there's feelings and emotions. I actually break it down this way, that your feelings come from deep-seated um, heart beliefs. Your emotions can come from your, your focus. If I focus on a person angry at me, my emotions change. If I focus on somebody who loves me and is excited about me, my emotions change. But feelings come from deep-seated beliefs. You can walk into a crowded room. And just go like, people walk into our church filled with all colors and languages and, and just, I just don't fit in here. That feeling, okay, comes from deep-seated beliefs. It's your BS, it's your belief system way deep down inside. And uh, so, you know, and then your will, which is, it's how you decide. It's how you choose. There are processes inside of you that cause you to make the decisions like you do. This process keeps you getting angry rather than having a good conversation. There's a process that you decide and you choose things which drives people away. You haven't got a friend in your life. It drives money away, jobs away. It makes you unhappy and angry or what? It's your will. Because as you learn the Word of God, how you decide on issues, what you choose, uh, this, these processes, they change. Man, there's just so much right there that I'd, I'd love to dive in, but let's keep going. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, how do you recognize a poor soul? And I love, I got these from Casey as he was talking about what are the elements of a prosperous soul. It's being hungry to learn and to change. Matthew 5, 6. It's having a mind that meditates in God's word and follows its precepts. Psalms chapter 1. It's having a disciplined mind that agrees with your spirit where Jesus is. Romans 8, 6. It's focusing on godly thoughts and attitudes. Matthew 6, 33. It's confessing your faults openly and seeking change. James 5, 16. You know, that one is so crucial. I never used to agree with that before. I would struggle with it that we should confess our faults one to the other. It's not talking about digging up your past and telling somebody all your hor No, that's under the blood. It means right now, you know, to, to openly tell someone, like tell your kids when you're being stubborn, saying, I'm sorry, or if you've been mean or you've been manipulative, tell your spouse. Oh, be open with the, the friends and the pastor or someone around you to be open about these for you to acknowledge it. And then, man, there's a victory that comes inside you that helps you to rise up and to be transforming when you're not trying to keep all your problems to yourself. Anybody finds out they're going to respect me less. I found as a pastor of a mega church, thousands of people, that when I admit problems and what I'm walking through, they actually they treasure me more. They believe in me more. They, they actually feel like they, they, can, they have hope because Leon's not perfect. And so I think the confessing faults openly um, is just a crucial part. Having a mind that is set on the things that heaven and God are involved in, Colossians 3, 1 to 10. Having control over feelings and emotions, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You know, there are times that people close to me can think that I'm the Iceman because they're emotional about something and I refuse to get emotional because that emotion is going to hurt me. It's going to make me be angry. It's going to make me behave wrong. It's going to make me feel 
like the people are attacking me. And so there are times when attack comes or there's a turmoil that's going on somewhere in my world. I ratchet down to God's word. Others can be emotionally envious, angry, irritable, jealous, broken, crying. And I just refuse for me to go there. Now, if it's right, I can hug them and hold them and believe with them. But I can't go there emotionally because I don't let my feelings and emotions control me. Now, my my emotions and my feelings of love and joy and happiness, they are. But the second it goes to frustration and brokenness and angry and ir- I just boom. There's something in me that just sets a boundary on me. goes, no, I can't go there. And uh, so you begin to control your feelings and emotions, 2 Corinthians 5.17. And then he says, having a pure, positive, happy attitude towards life. That's a sign of a prosperous soul in Philippians 4.8. And so I want to give you a few thoughts that, that will help you as you dive deeper. Some of you need to grab these messages, these, these verses that I'm giving you, and make a decision. I was saying earlier that soul and spirit together make up the heart, that there's kind of this autopilot. And I've done a lot of teaching on the autopilot of the heart. Uh, And it goes so well with renewing the mind. Because if you don't begin the process of renewing the mind, the transformation that takes place is because the heart begins to change as God's Word gets rooted there. How do you get the Word into your heart? It's a meditative process of taking the Word and allowing Holy Spirit, it's muttering, it's meditating, it's thinking. It's not reading the Bible through quickly. It's grabbing a verse that touches you and just staying there, just thinking about it, saying, God, teach me your word. Holy Spirit, reveal to me how I can change and grow to prepare. I want to prepare for what's ahead. I want to, in the successes that God has asked me to do, I want to handle it well. Um, And the storms that are ahead of me that God already knows about. He knows how the enemy is going to attack. He just knows the regular storms of life and how to prepare me for them. But if I'm not listening to Holy Spirit, if I'm not, you know, immersing myself in the Word and letting it implant it into my heart and grow all that I could be for Him, oh man, then your future success or, or, or failure, or no, storms or like valleys or mountaintops, as I put it that way, you're going to make mistakes on both. When things are going fantastic, you're going to make mistakes. When things are going hard, you're going to make mistakes. And so it's crucial because, it, anyway, it's just crucial. I'm going to just kind of move on quickly here. Another thing about a prosperous mind or soul, is it adheres and agrees with the Word of God. And this is crucial because some people will listen to me preach and all of a sudden the Word of God will touch an area that they need change and right away they just, they'll just reject it, <laughs> get a little personal there. No, that's not me, that's Holy Spirit. And He's bringing the positive, beautiful, powerful Word of God. You see, Holy Spirit never looks at you as a failure. Holy Spirit never looks at you as a moron. Holy Spirit never looks at you as weak. It's kind of like what I tell parents in dealing with children who lie. If you're an inexperienced parent, you don't know the Word of God, you'll look at this four-year-old boy who lied to you and go, you're a liar! You No, 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 he's not a liar. So I would say, you're not a liar, honey. And so, you know... Because you're not a liar, we don't 
say things that aren't right. We don't twist the truth. You are not a liar. He protect, you protect their identity and build them up in who they are. The Word and the Spirit, they will both build you up as you are made in the likeness and the image of God. You speak truth. You walk in life. You walk in health. This is what Holy Spirit, He's not going to attack you. Like I used to think, I really used to think that when I was younger, that every time I'd go to pray, I couldn't stand it because all this stuff would rise up. I miss God here. I was jealous. I had a lustful thought there. I was this. I was that. And all this stuff would rise up. And I thought that was Holy Spirit doing that. But instead, I think it was in the good times, it was just the Word of God correcting me. Other times, it was an attack of the enemy or, you know, just this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This guilt, this, this attack uh, that was wrong, that, you know, this is who you are. You're a, a liar. No, 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 no. But the Word of God and the Spirit will continue to remind you, you're made in the likeness and the image of God. You're a victor. You're an overcomer. You are, you know, and this is why the Word of God is so powerful. It reflects to you who you actually are and you rise into being who you are. Another thought that maybe some haven't really grasped is you were created to be prosperous and healthy. Sickness and poverty, depression, unhappiness, that's not what you were created for. And so you need to be careful there. In Matthew 12, 35, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. So he's showing you that the beliefs of your heart, these deeper subconscious beliefs that have been placed there by parents, upbringing, your own thinking that was wrong, that it's called the treasure. Or let's put the word deposits there. A good man out of the good deposits in his heart brings forth. As you plant God's word and renew your mind, it begins to, your brain gets into agreement with your spirit. It plants this stuff deep in your heart. And now you begin to bring forth the blessing and the favor of God in your life. And if you allow evil things, or if the way you were raised with all that evil thinking, by evil, I just mean defeated and doubtful and unbelieving and self-centered and selfishness. If you leave that there, then you're going to keep bringing forth a life like that. And uh, you do not want that. So dive into God's Word and, and let it change you that way. Recognize that God's Word is truth. It is the basis for all success in your life. Okay, it, it really is. And so to get His Word inside of you allows the power. It's almost like this. The power of God in your spirit. It's like it's flowing through this valve. And this valve is controlled by your heart. And so as you renew your mind with God's Word and get your mind to agree with your spirit, it gets planted deep in the heart, that autopilot, and that valve starts cranking open. And all the healing power of God that's, that is in Jesus begins to flow through your heart. Because the Bible talks about if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it quickens your mortal body. Healing isn't coming from heaven or from somebody else if you're a believer. It's coming from deep within you as you crank that valve open by renewing your mind meditating, this meditative process of getting God's Word implanted deep in your heart, and it begins to rise and come out, and that valve begins to open, and thinking prosperously, and then prosperity begins to flow, thinking health and wisdom and agreeing, 
and health begins to heal every cell in your body, every organ, etc. It's just a remarkable thing when you begin to sense this transformation. Oh man, keep that process going. Well, how long have I been going so far, bro? Uh, 24 minutes. So let's just wind this down with a few closing thoughts. And uh, there's just so much more uh, that we could deal with. Let me just, which thought should I give you? Um, recognize this. As you begin to, on purpose, grab every thought and take it captive, you might not have been able to do that in the past. But as you meditate on God's Word, um, you will be empowered to take a thought captive. Now, before, a thought would hit your mind like these people don't like you, and it would antagonize you for a week. Every time you go to work, this thought, they don't like you, they don't respect you. It makes you act improperly. It makes you act weird because you've got a thought that wasn't captured. But as you begin to get into God's Word, you literally develop this incredible ability that when a thought rises up and you wham, you grab that thing and, Father, I let that thought go. I am walking in the blessing and the favor of God and people love me in the name of Jesus. And you begin to speak the word that you have been renewing your mind with and planting it in your heart. You then have an amazing ability to grab thoughts and you begin to pull down old thinking. Like some people have been enslaved by the thought their entire life. They're not smart. They're not beautiful. They're not, you know, and so this, this area of worth just controls them. And you now you're enabled to rise up and go, I'm made by God. And your mind gets disciplined to agree with the word of God that you're precious, you're significant, you're valuable. Jesus died for you. He made you regardless of what you did in your past or how you were raised in the wrong side of the tracks. You know, one person told me I was just trailer trash. I said, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Jesus was born in a barn full of manure and stench and animals, and it didn't change anything about his future. And, and so as you, as you get into God's word, the image of God begins to come alive in you, and you become to be who you really is. Oh, man, I just want to go on for another hour. But dive into this thought of renewing your mind. Start it at Romans chapter 12. Read that over and over and over. And declare with your mouth out loud, um, that my mind is always being renewed by the power of God and I'm living out the perfect will of God. I'm going to give you one thing that really changed my life in closing. I read the Bible out loud. I would often sit down by myself and read the Bible with my mouth closed and just read the Word, which you can do. Did you know that according to history, no one would ever read the Bible except out loud? And then I forget... I was reading an article about this, this uh, person way back thousands of years ago who began to read the Bible without reading it out loud. They would always speak the word as they were reading it. You would never speak the word and not say it out loud. And a profound thing began to change my life when every time I, I would open up the Word of God or I would read a teaching book by a great author. Um, and as I would read this book, um, I would just... But my, I found that my mind could read an entire chapter and go... Oh, I just had another, my mind had opposing thoughts coming in. I was daydreaming about something else and I would lose my way. And so now I try. There's times I can't if I got people sitting beside me, but I try often as much as I can. Whatever I'm reading when it comes to the word or a teaching a book of the word, because there's such beautiful teaching books out there. I try to read them out loud because the reading of it out loud builds faith 
faster than just reading it. Because now you have reading and hearing, which increases your comprehension. And now faith rises even quicker. And you can remember and hang on to that way better if you need to remember in a month or two. Or the other day I was talking to somebody and all of a sudden a chapter I had read in a book about 24 years earlier and had never touched that book since. But it was a brilliant book on a certain topic. It all came back to me. And I began to I go, wow, I can't remember. That book was such a long time ago. Holy Spirit can bring all things to your remembrance. So read the word outside. Read Joshua Chapter 1 and verse 8, out loud, every day this week, and with all that you're doing, and watch what God does. Anyway, I hope you enjoy diving deeper, and I'm going to put this out there on our social media, and I believe in the church app. And uh, those who have, and if you haven't listened to the message, go listen to that message first. Well, it's too late now, I'm at the end of this one, but uh, that'll help you the most. God bless you, we love you.